Yo, yes, yes. It is your boy T. Tell. Conversations of the Heart, Season Two, Episode Twelve. Thank you for rocking with me. It's it's my launch day too. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all supporting me. Sorry for a little bit late. First time being late um, to the live, but I definitely appreciate you. We're gonna have a good conversation with uh, Isha Killian. She's here right now. Um, we're gonna get into this conversation on shame. And here she is right now. See. Hello. Okay. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm so sorry. I guess I don't know what happened there. Nah, it's all right. It's all right. It's all good. Um, definitely. Thank you for joining me. I really do appreciate it. Um, want to get into this conversation uh, surrounding shame. Uh, but but first of all, um, I just want to 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 say first off, happy early Mother's Day. Thank happy, you. Happy early birthday. I know Thank you got a you. birthday coming up on the same day. <laughs> yes. Sunday. Um, you are a minister. You're a published author. You are inspirational speaker. You're a director of, Q, of QA. I mean, yes. you know, the titles are endless, you know, but for the people, just tell them just really just who you are um, and where they can find you. Okay. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Isha. Um, don't get messed up with the, the spelling, but just think of Keisha <laughs> or Aisha without the K or the I. I like saying that. Uh, sometimes people see my name on Instagram or Facebook and they don't want to say right. it like they see me in, in person. So it's Isha. Um, Isha Speaks on Instagram. I also mm -hmm. am, am on Facebook as Isha Speaks, but I do a lot mm -hmm. of my posting on um, Facebook because... Um, that's like where I share like, you know, a lot of things that I'm dealing with or, or mm -hmm. parts of my life. So yep, that's where you can find me on Instagram, Isha Speaks, um, Facebook, Isha Killian or Isha Speaks. Got you. Thank you. So, so we decided to come up with this topic of, of shame. So what I want to know is, is why do you think it's so important, um, that we discuss this particular topic? Um, I think shame is an important topic because it affects everyone. Um, mm -hmm. People don't want to even talk about it because it's such a debilitating emotion. It's a word. It's an ugly word. It's an uncomfortable topic. And shame affects everyone, no matter what your station is in life. Um, you may have been affected by feelings of shame. And shame is an emotion. And, it, and as human beings, we all have emotions. And shame is a debilitating emotion, emotion that states and makes you feel like you um, are inadequate, makes you feel like you don't belong, and mm -hmm. makes you always question yourself or makes you stay in the past of, based on your experiences and the things that have happened to you. So the reason why I you know, like to talk about shame is because if you don't address what you've dealt with or traumas that you've experienced, you are pretty much going to stay stuck. So mm. that's why I'm very interested in talking about shame. Um, it's also Mental Health Awareness Month. May is Mental is. Health Awareness Month. And shame is an emotion that affects a lot of people with mental health illnesses, um, mental health and uh, mental illness. So that's something that's been dear to my heart because of my own personal experiences. Mm. So what about generational shame? You know, I kind of feel like some, sometimes shame sometimes can get passed down from generation to, to, to generation just based off of, you know, just life, right? And what the family has gone through or what the circumstances are. Um, and sometimes the shame of the parents sometimes gets passed down to, to of a child. Um, so what do you think about generational shame? Well, um, just like anything, gener any, any, type of, any type of teaching in the, the home, is can, you're susceptible to just to teach it to your children. If you mm -hmm. have experienced it from your parents or your caretakers and they um, communicated with you in a certain way and then you have children, if it's not addressed that um, to shame your child or anything like that, 
is something mm -hmm. that's an unhealthy way to uh, rear your child, you're more likely to do the same thing unknowingly to your children. Mm. That's pretty powerful. And earlier, you, uh, you did say it's Mental Health Awareness Month, which we all know. Um, mm -hmm. And that, and and that's why I definitely wanted to do to do this topic with you um, today. Um, but you said mental health. So how does shame affect your mental health? Like how does that affect your health, your mental health on a daily basis? Well, it's it's how you view yourself. It's how mm -hmm. it's a it's how you not it's not how you view yourself. It's there's a difference between self esteem and shame, right? So mm -hmm. shame is how you feel. And self-esteem is what you think about yourself. So shame affects your mental health because you're always thinking about how you feel, how you show up in the world, how you are relating to other people, um, mm -hmm. where you kind of find yourself in society and how you view how you're going to be able to achieve or, or the setbacks that you may have had in your life. It's really it's a driving force about how you, how you feel about yourself. And if you um, are riddled with feelings of inadequacy or feeling like you don't belong or feeling mm. like, you know, um, you're not good enough, you're always mm. going to have these problems with your mental health and how you feel like you're going to feel depressed. You're going to, mm. you're going to feel anxious. Um, you, you're going to always be in a constant state of worry because you're always concerned about what other people are thinking. You're going to mm -hmm. feel depressed because you're always thinking about what happened in the past and, and what, what happened to you or what was said to you, and you're not able to move forward. Um, that's what shame does. It holds you hostage to your past. Everyone has experienced anything in life, right? They've experienced traumas, the big and small losses, grief, um, setbacks, death. Um, but if you let those things that have happened, and I'm not minimizing what people have experienced because I've dealt with some traumas of my own, but mm -hmm. if you let that hinder you, you are going to be stuck in that place. Mm -hmm. And so it's important why, why I talk about shame is because of my own experiences. But what's important is that you understand that those experiences do not define you. They don't state that this is where you are and who you are and where you belong and where you're going to stay. Mm. You know, you said a lot right there, but I want to get to inadequacies. You know, I think especially in our community, we deal with that a lot, right? Um, of like the feeling of not feeling enough, right? Whether that be on the job, right? Uh, whether that be in a relationship, whether that be even in your own family, at church, like there's always, you know, different places where we always feel like, you know, like we're just less than. And I think sometimes it, it could be even just the, the generation, right? Like we, you know, we live in a very right now generation. So you might go online and you might see, you know, it could be celebrities. It could be some of your friends that are moving at an accelerated rate. And, and it appears that they're like on a different level than you. Right. Mm -hmm. And and so now that in turn, it's like, man, like that makes you feel ashamed of your own accomplishments. Right. And you could have just done some, something really amazing. But then your friend comes along and they might have gotten a, a BMW. Right. And you just bought an Ultima. And you're like, man, you know, like they're doing better than me. Look at their career. They were able to buy this BMW and all that guy was an Ultima. Now, you were satisfied with that Ultima before. Yep. Until you saw your friends and stuff, and 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 that's the, the, the shame of what you were talking about of feeling inadequate, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so how do you think? Um, and I know we're not experts, but just we, but we're experts sometimes in in life, right? Because we've been through some things, and like, how would somebody kind of overcome that feeling of inadequacy? Okay, so a couple of things when you were talking about the the BMW or the, the Mercedes and the Altima, uh, I thought about the, um, the quote from Teddy Roosevelt that says, mm -hmm. comparison is the thief of joy. So mm -hmm. once you start, you, you're, you're happy with where you are in life. Everyone starts in a different, different places, right? Once you're, mm -hmm. you're happy with your life and then you look over to someone else, you're going to start comparing yourself. So one mm -hmm. of the 
methods, I can say, of um, addressing shame, um, overcoming shame, is by not comparing yourself. You cannot compare yourself to other people because you don't know other people's experiences. You don't know right. other people's um, advantages. You don't know other people's disadvantages. And, you know, in the world of social media, in the world of everything glitters in the, on, on the screen, we're always, mm -hmm. we're always um, talking about our highlights. We're always um, sharing with everyone on social media our accomplishments. I rarely mm -hmm. see people talking about the days that they really didn't feel like getting out of bed on right. social media. I mean, mm -hmm. if we're getting a little bit better with um, support on social mm -hmm. media because there are like mental health groups and everything like that. Um, but you, we have to, we have to really realize that like social media is not real. <laughs> so if you uh, look at your life based on people's their reels and their stories and their Facebook posts, you're always going to feel like you're inadequate and you're always going to compare. So what I what I say for myself, what I do for myself, and you know it's difficult. And um, the reason why I share and talk about shame is because this is my journey. I am mm -hmm. not, um, I have not arrived. I do not even see that I'm going to be at a place where I have arrived, but I'm always in a process of healing. So what one of the things that I have to do is I have to make sure that I do not compare myself to other people. Mm. Well, let's be clear. You may not feel like you've arrived, but, you know, you got a lot of degrees. Like, you got a lot of titles. You know what I'm saying? You got a lot of things going for yourself, so don't ever sell yourself short. I, I'll I'll leave it at. I'm that. not. I'm not. I'm not. Um, but um, so we you know we kind of we've been in this social media world for what a few years you know um that you know social media wasn't always here, right? Um, and we still dealt with shame from back in the day. So that comes from could be family. Hey, 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 Isha, you having that other kid yet? You having another child yet? No? Okay. Are you supposed to have a child by 30? Or you're supposed to have this? Or you're supposed to have this? Or are you in, in, in this career? Are you going for this title? Like, the, everybody comes at you with their own expectations of you, of what they think that you're supposed to be doing, asking mm -hmm. intrusive questions, right? And, you know, these are the things that I feel sometimes culturally really does our community a disservice, right? Because something as simple as you know, kids, right? It's nobody's business. That's my personal opinion. It's nobody's business when you're going to have another one or when you're going to start having them, right? But we start putting these pressures on your own family members and, and then there becomes a shame because you don't know the battles that they're fighting. They could be trying to have kids already and they right. could be struggling and right. you don't know that. They could have had miscarriages. They could have had a bunch of different things going on, right? And you don't know that. But you want to put yourself and say, oh, when are you going to have my grandbaby? Or when are you going to have, have my niece or nephew? And not knowing the internal battles that this person is already facing. And then that puts them in a place of shame, of inadequacy, right? And they do the same thing with marriage. It's, it, it's, so it's not just social media, right? It's social media is a part of it now, right? And we can see it faster. But this has been going on from, from a long time ago. Right. So how do we start having to me, how do we start having tough conversations, you know, with our own family? You know, because sometimes people what I realize is we just take it. Right. right? They ask they ask these questions and it's just like, oh, I don't know. And and every holiday come around, you ain't got no man and and grandma coming <laughs> over and I saying, Oh, oh hey, you know, where oh, when you gonna bring somebody over for, for Thanksgiving? Not mm -hmm. really understanding what that's truthfully doing to you as a human being, because every day you, your cousin got a man bringing, old, bring, bringing them over and you don't, and everybody's asking you, you know, when is your turn? When is your turn? When is your turn? And that comes from a, a lot of the societal pressures and what people deem is our worth, right? So how do we really start trying to have these conversations with our own family members? I'm like, hey, we need to take a pause on these type of conversations and and these questions, because I find that because there are elders, we just go, okay, and we just kind of just move it to the side. But internally, we're crying out for help. 
Mm, I don't know. Um, I think just like now, this in this time that we are in, as we're adults in our 30s and 40s, we have to be able to say, like, um, I'm going to have boundaries. Um, and this is, this is what is <laughs> going to happen in my life. And this is what, what my life looks like. And if you don't understand it, then I'm just going to remove myself. Um, for me, I, I've had different experiences. So mm-hmm. um, usually when people feel ashamed, they've been the ones who've been called the black sheep of the family. Um, they haven't done anything. They haven't done. They haven't done things the way that their family expected them to do. Or they, mm. you know, um, they've made some some choices or have had situations that are a disappointment to the family. And um, I've experienced that in my life, um, being a young mother. And I was raised um, by my grandmother, and she was really, you know, a very proud woman from the South who always mm-hmm. in the importance and the value of education. And um, my mom passed away when I was five and uh, she had sickle cell anemia. Mm. But my grandmother, what she instilled in my my family was the value of education. And even though my, my mother was very, very sick and always in the hospital, she went to school, she graduated from college. And so mm-hmm. she did the same thing for me. And she said that education was key. That was all you had to do. That's all you had to do. And not only was the education piece something that she instilled in me, she also put me into the church. That was like, those, those were my frameworks, education and, and, and church and religion. And well, so in the family, right. <laughs> and then the family <laughs> that I grew up with. So it was just me and my grandmother and then my cousins and an uncle. And it was like all about just education and, and, Things that I didn't even know, like when I became like older, I was like, I didn't know that happened in the family. But for me, as being um, known in the community as church girl, smart girl, white girl, whatever. <laughs> um, that's, that's a real thing. That, and people tend to thing. do that. People that's tend to do that thing. when you're smart and when you're trying to do more for yourself yeah. than what other people want for right. themselves. They want yeah. to put that label on you. Oh, you think yeah. you're a white girl. And it's like, yeah, but but that but since when was that the standard, right? Like it's like and that's, and, and that's no disrespect, but like right. I just want more for I just want more for me. So why does that mean that I'm trying to be something that I'm not? But continue. And even and, but even just like conjugating a verb, like why is it that because I'm articulate, right? I'm you're gonna call me white girl. But anyway, I digress. But because I had those frameworks, it, the expectations were well, this is what you do, and so. Um, being in the church and everything like that, that that culture was, you know, you purity culture. So I like to talk about that purity culture, right? Of like, you know, don't have sex before marriage, blah blah, all this stuff. Stay pure. Your relationship with God is is dependent on your ability to stay pure. So because I became a teen mom, I was like ostracized. Mm, wow. I was ostracized in the church. I was like silenced in the church. Really, I was, um, you know, just like religious trauma stuff. Um, And then also like isolated because of this mistake. And now that's just church, right? But then there's also the family. The family also did like shun me. And I was Mm. like, what's going on? And it was very um, heartbreaking. And, Mm. you know, I already had my own stuff that I was dealing with as a young person. Mm. And I didn't understand certain things as a young person, but then to not have that support from the family, that was also something very traumatic. And that was a cause of shame as well. So families have to really understand that, you know, the family is the first social construct that you have in society, right? That's the family is a place where you learn different rules. There are mm-hmm. different mores, right, about how mm-hmm. to interact with people, um, acceptance, belonging. But if you have that and it's broken because of something that happens or there's no support or lack of support, you're more, you're more susceptible to feel uh, inadequate and feel like you don't belong because you've actually had those significant situations happen to you. So mm. um, I think it's important that people see their past not stay in their past, but they see their past and see how things that may have happened to them, that, you know what, it actually did happen to them. It wasn't, you know, um, in their imagination. And then, you know, 
you may need to address people in your family. Like you were talking about family. How do you say, okay, this is what's happening? You may need to, if you're still able to, address people and say like, this was done wrong, not because you want them to say sorry, but because you want to just address it and then help yourself to move forward from it and release mm. them. Mm. So it's amazing. So you brought up that, um, you know, you were in the church and then you were ostracized from the church, right? So what led you, and we're going to get back to shame in a second, but I just wanted to know just how did you make that transition from, from being ostracized and silenced um, in the church to now, you know, forward? Being a minister, right? A couple, a couple years later, you know, we're not, we're not dating nobody. A couple years later, um, becoming a minister. Like, how did that thing, so how did that become full circle? Um. It's amazing. God, God is sovereign. And um, I, like I stated, I, I grew up in the church, but I didn't have a relationship, a personal relationship with God. I didn't know God for myself. I didn't have a, a, a personal experience with the spirit of God. I just went to church because that's, you know, that's what I was taught. That's what I was raised. That was, you know, had these, this is what you do. You go to church, Sunday, Sunday school, Sunday service, afternoon Man. service. Bible study, council, all these things. <laughs> yeah. Church, 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 right? Um, but um, when I went away to college, well, I didn't go away to college. I commuted, but I did some yeah. have some opportunities where I did go away and I was able to, you know, um, have that college experience. And I thank my grandmother for allowing me those a couple of times to do that. Um, I because of what I experienced of the, the pressure of, you know, um, being an honor student, because I, you know, I had my daughter in my senior, the one week before my senior year was to start. And I applied early decision to NYU, got in. So I was like, freeze, freeze a bird for the last year. So I was able to like kind of relax while I was um, right. getting used to the responsibility of being a mother. Mm. I had to... I had a lot of stuff that happened to me. Like I had to hide the pregnancy. I had to, uh, yeah, I had, a, I had a lot that I dealt How with. Oh, what did you say? How you hide that? I mean, maybe the first couple of months you could hide it, but how, I, you, how you hide that? Until, until six months. I was, I, Oh, I you hid it until you were six months. Okay. Yeah. Man, that's a long time still. And, um, I, I was always like on this hamster wheel. So I was the honor student. I still continue to do, I was still in AP classes, still, you know, um, on honor wow. roll, all these things. And then I went to NYU and I continued on. And then I had to, I, I felt, uh, it was kind of sad, like, what would pe people think if you were, if they knew that you were a teen mom or things like, what well, you can't, you know, I used to play the flute. Oh, you can't, um, play the flute anymore in church so i had was programmed to 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 compartmentalize my life so yeah. it was my school life my academic world and then my mother world being a, a mother a parent so i kept doing that for so long and like i, I couldn't do it anymore i like mm. i had like I, what people call a nervous breakdown but i never called it that i was depressed i was yeah. seriously depressed and i knew I did what I knew and was that was to go to church and I kept having a release and I kept going to Bible studies like in in the city like I would go to class and then there was um I joined the choir at NYU and there are people young people who were praising God in a different expressive way than what I've experienced before and I was like I want that joy what is that joy like I didn't see that before I'd never experienced that so I went to Bible studies and I went to services that were different. Like it was like non-denominational churches. And mm -hmm. after going and being so uh, stressed, I went to a service for, for like Father's Day. And the spirit of God touched me and changed my life from there. Mm -hmm. And then a couple of months later, I just felt the presence of God to, to say that I had something to give in terms of ministry like God was like speaking to me and that I was to, to preach the good news. And it took me so long to understand what that was. I didn't know what that was. I was like, what's mm -hmm. happening? But I was just letting God just lead me through those places because I was in such a broken state first. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, in such a broken state. But then when I had that experience with God, I felt so comforted and so secure than mm -hmm. I'd ever felt before. 
So that was at first it was that that you know spiritual experience and then a couple of months later to about a year later it was more about my vocation and where I was going to go in my life like I was you know I wanted to help people but I didn't know what that looked like and so that's how I became a minister um and that's been a journey in itself because like I said like this this journey of healing that I'm going on obviously it's not like linear it's up and right. down it's been years but it's all about working through the process and if you have information like one of my favorite one of my scriptures that i feel is like um i think it's second peter second peter 2 or something where it says god will give us everything we need and i believe that so much because i believe mm-hmm. that god will give us the resources that we need to get help mm. if we need help mm. and so for me when i was dealing with all of the stuff that I was dealing with, um, you know, in college, I sought therapy because I knew church was good for me on Sundays, but Monday through Saturday, I needed some other tools to be able right. to, to, to deal with life. So I just want, I'm gonna let you finish. I just want people to understand, just put a pin in that. You can have Christ and, and therapy. you can have, and therapy. Cause I don't want to say that. That's right. Yeah. That's one of the things that I said, but you know, the thing is, and it's like, I, I'm, I'm so happy Terrence that you <laughs> did this live asking me about this stuff. Cause I'm just thinking, um, let's see. Um, what was that? 20 years ago, 20 years ago, things were different. Okay. So now, you know, I feel a little old. I don't feel old. Cause. <laughs> no, no. Hey, I, I ain't saying nothing about no age. Yeah. I ain't getting in that conversation. I that's not care. my. I'm, that's I'm not my real. Say, no, I'm happy to say that I'm 43. I'm going to be 43 on Sunday. But hey, 20... you say, and you look amazing. First of all, let's let's clap it up. She looks amazing. 43. Now, now, be clear. You know what I'm saying? Now, we got to give it up. You got your masters. You got one masters. Aren't you going for your masters in divinity too? Like, yeah, no, no. next year. Like, I'll, I'll be graduating next year. We got to celebrate that. We got to be honest and say, you know, you, you're doing amazing things, and we got to honor that and, and give you your flowers while you're here because that that's amazing to, to come through everything that you come through, come from, and come through. You're doing amazing, and you look amazing. You know what I'm saying? And you don't look like what you've been through. You know what I'm Thank saying? You. So, but but we can c- continue this conversation. Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm not gonna um, preach today. Okay, so um, my my kids like get on me when I do that, and my friends too, because I just do it as I'm just joking. Cause, Speaking of know. friends, shout out to Taniki. She said, "Hey, so um, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think I saw, and, and I know Jalisa, that she, I mean, Jalisa, um, she said that she is inspired by you. So respect to you. you Who know said what I'm that? Saying? Who said that? Oh, you can't see the comments, girl. What's going on? No, I can't. I can't nah, see. Nah. I only see the clapping. <laughs> No, it's um, Jim Lee. Uh, uh, her at name is uh is Jim Lee. Okay, okay, good, Jim good, good. Lee. So yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so just saying, back, you're doing amazing so, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. So what I wanted to say is, so back then in mm-hmm. uh, nineteen, or the maybe ninety eight, ninety nine, right. there was a huge, there was a stigma about mental illness. There was a stigma about mental illness. And then let's be clear, let's call a spade a spade. In the black community, there was definitely a stigma of mental illness. And then on another level, in the black church, you did not talk about feeling depressed. So it was having to deal with if you felt depressed and that meant you didn't have a good relationship with God. That means you didn't pray enough. That means you didn't pray enough. You didn't pray enough. And that you needed to be delivered and that yeah. you did not repent of your sins. Mm-hmm. So in context, what's going on with me about 20 years ago is all of that, all of that mm-hmm. mm-hmm. theology that I had to deal with because I so wanted God to love me. Mm. I so wanted to feel like I was valuable. Mm. My, my Christianity told me that I was. However, the church messages were like, if you're feeling, if you're dealing with struggles or if something like that, that means you're not doing this, you're not paying enough tithe, you're not doing all these things. 
crazy big thing, stuff, right? Big, yeah, big time, big time. Toxic, toxic theology. So that's a lot mm -hmm. what I talk about too. I like to talk about how I have over these years and even recently more, um, a little bit more adamant and aggressive about undoing all of these tapes that have really done a lot of damage to my psyche because of like, you know, theology, because it's like, that's not true. That's not true. But I thought it, I believed it. So anyway, mm -hmm. so back then it was a lot of that. So when I would go to church or share with someone that, you know, I'm going through this, that's exactly what they do. Pray more, do this, yep. do that. Yep. I was praying, I was fasting, I was doing all these things and it wasn't helping. So I knew that I needed to get help because I was in dark places. I was in dark places many times. And so I knew that I had to go get help. So I went and got help and I sought, sought out therapy from psychologists, from psychiatrists, from social workers, because I knew that I was responsible for my own life and I couldn't maintain it. Sundays and Wednesdays by going, you know, and I knew that there was some things that were going on and I didn't really put two and two together about the things that I've experienced and how it really affected me until maybe like 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I didn't recognize that um, being an, you know, and I, and I say this like a couple of weeks ago, I had the opportunity to share and it was like something that was very poignant for me and very like transparent and vulnerable that I didn't recognize that being an orphan, because that's exactly what I was. And I even hate that term would put me in a place that would hurt me in terms of like my development. Mm. Um, there's like studies that show that like if a, if a child loses a parent or one of the both parents before the age of six, they're more susceptible to feelings of shame and low self-esteem. There's studies about it. Mm. And I didn't know these things. I just thought I was always a kid who was shy because, and I didn't feel like I belonged. Like that's, mm. as a kid, this was before I was, you know, all the other stuff that happened as a, as mm -hmm. a child. I didn't know that that was the reason why, because I didn't have that nurturing of my parents to do all of that for me. So wow. I was always like, kind of like aimless. So that's why I'm like really like a just like a proponent of like knowing what shame what shame does, so that we can like overcome it and we can get over right. it. Right. Right. So this is a, like a lot, and if you don't if you don't recognize or if you don't acknowledge what you've been through, not so that you hold the badge and you walk around and saying, okay, this is me and this is what it this is where I stand and this is where I'm going to be. But if you use that information to see how you can kind of undo things or address certain traumas in your life, then, you know, you're you're going to kind of stay in that space. So mm. I'm more about like, doesn't matter what's happened to you, no matter what you've been through, if there was a traumatic experience that happened, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't discount you, it doesn't, you know, discredit you, and you mm. don't have to stay in that space. And sometimes we have to give ourselves some grace you know what i'm saying it is what it is you know what i'm saying shameless shameless look um but it's facts it's facts yes, like, I, know, love it, I didn't even see so you know i can't see it because <laughs> you're flipped. what you mean you can't uh, you, should, you know flipped. i know your birthday is coming up in a couple of days we're not gonna talk about the age and the eyes but we're gonna leave it later. Um, no, your flip. I see it. It's, <laughs> i'm reading it backwards i'm just playing it. with you no, i'm just playing with you um so Jim Jim Lee said this is a very real and a very deep and real conversation, real life stuff. Um I can relate in so many ways. She said, Oh, she said thank thank you for um for this important moment. Uh, thank you for watching. I pre I appreciate yeah. you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you. Um because I feel like I feel like this is why I have this platform, this is why I had this conversation, this is why I wanted to have these conversations to have the the the, the, the tough conversations, the conversations that we don't want to talk about. The conversations that 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 we go to bed with with, our, with ourselves, and we just talk to ourselves about, right? You know, I want to bring it out so that we can have this conversation and help other people. But, um, and it's amazing because when when you talk about the church, and th and this is not like a bash in the church uh, type of segment, you know what I'm saying? But sometimes you, you got to call a spade a spade. And when they say like, "Oh, I hear all," I hear it a lot. When like sometimes like the old generation says, "Oh." We want that old time of religion back. And I'm like, hey, man, no, no, no. Y'all not going to keep that because that's the same type of stuff that has kept us mentally deprived. 
that has mm-hmm. kept us in a in a space right where it's just like we need to come out from like like we need to really come out from that and be honest because a lot of times we weren't like back then we weren't honest with right. the, the church you wasn't honest with your family you know what right. i'm saying because you knew what it was going to come with like right. you knew what was going to come with it and when they say oh go talk to the bishop or go talk to the pastor and then you go talk to him, and, and, and then he's telling you, oh, you got to pray, read the scripture, read that scripture. You know what I'm saying? But but what you really needed was healing of from a therapist. Like, that's what you needed. Like, that's what you really needed. There's a place to go talk to, you know, the pastor there. There's a place for that, and there's a place to, 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 to do that. But then there, there's a place where, yo, I need medical. So, like, if, if I go outside, God forbid, right now, break my leg. Am I going to the? Am I going to church? <laughs> and my right? legs like? And my legs like this? Am I going to the church, or am I going to the emergency room? You I'm gonna, are. I'm gonna be honest. I'm going to the emergency room. Emergency room. I'm gonna need my leg to go back here, right? And, and you're gonna ask for them to the saints to pray for you. Yes. All that, but I'm so going to the emergency room. You know right. what I'm saying? And I think. Yeah. But but this, but that but that's okay, right? Physically, right? Because right. it's like, oh, it's doctors and medication. That's what it's fit. cool, right? But when it comes to like your mental health, yeah, it's like, oh, oh no, no, no. You can't go to a therapist. You can't go to a psychiatrist. Like, no, 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 no. That's not what we do. But it's like, but it's an illness. It's a sickness. It's certain things that needs correcting, and certain things that you need to address. And honestly, things that sometimes your pastor. Your bishop or whoever it is can't is not qualified, right? Not qualified for it to diagnose or to address, right? Absolutely. And right. I think, and I think that's where, so, and that's where down the line back then we we've kind of fumbled the ball a little bit, mm-hmm. and now it's and then now we come full circle, and now we're in a place where, and thankfully so that we have people like yourself who is out there on the front lines talking about these things in the church and saying no, no. This stuff has to change because we because that in itself is a cycle of dysfunction. Like when you talk about stuff that's in the church, not everything from the church is good. There are some great things about the church, absolutely. But then there's parts of it that we can't ignore. That's not good. That we have to weed out and cut mm-hmm. the dysfunction from from the absolute root and say no, no, no. We got to implement certain programs. So maybe that you bring therapists in the church, right? Absolutely. Like, like we can't continue to ignore these things as if they don't a plague and affect our community in certain ways. Because they do. And right. these are the same people that are paying times. These are the same people that are coming supporting you. These are the same people that's uh, driving, getting, you know, wasting, I won't say wasting, but like they're using their gas every Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. Yo, you got all types of services over here, man. You got prayer service. You got Sunday morning. You got Sunday night. You got Sunday school. <laughs> you got Wednesday night service. You got Tuesday service. You got food service. You got every type of service in there. And they're coming to support you in the building, but you're not addressing the needs of the people. Right, right. And and that's and that's and, and that's where for me it's just like we've got to do a better job. You know what I'm saying? as people and as a church to really just kind of say, Hey, nah, man, we got to address these issues for our community too. Right. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. And I do want to say like, um, in defense of the church, they have been making some changes like the, the, the support or the acknowledgement of mental health awareness has kind of, um, become more of, um, it comes to the forefront and has become something that is important. And mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that that is happening because people are recognizing that, just like I said, like Sunday is great, but you know, Monday through Saturday, what are we doing? How are we showing mm-hmm. up? And I've been always about balance. Um, you know, the things that I say and how I want to live my life is also based on experiences and watching people. And I've been around people who've been in the church all the time. Mm-hmm. And they are unable to function in like society, but they're like mm-hmm. really well versed in the Bible, but they didn't have the ability to be balanced. And so mm-hmm. I think it's important that, and, and I see that the church is making those changes, and they are addressing people's mental mental needs and mm-hmm. mental and emotional needs. And you know, it, 
it was, I guess it maybe have been at a time, it was a little confusing for, mm-hmm. for people because they are feeling so good when they go to church. They're having these ex- emotional experiences. So of course they're going to go to the pastor. They're going to go to the minister and expect and hope for some help. But the pastors and the ministers may not be trained or were not trained to assist the person. So all they did was tell them what they knew and what they knew Mm -hmm. was pray. So that was what was going on. And then I, you know, over the years, people have realized the need for mental health um, uh, treatment and that we do need to have therapists in the churches alongside pastors. There's also Mm -hmm. um, in seminary, in seminary, there's also a discipline, pastoral care and counseling for those who want to pastor and also help people, you know, counsel them Mm -hmm. um, to help them with those things that they they deal with. But I definitely think it's important to have licensed mental health professionals to be in the church because there are people who are, are dealing with so much stress especially in the black community they may be dealing with uh poverty they may be dealing with inadequacies and equities that they're dealing Mm -hmm. with on a day-to-day basis and they may need that support so Mm -hmm. um so carrie fields says we still need a level of wisdom we can't be so heavily minded that we're no earthly good good. yes and and she's absolutely correct Shout out to yeah. Carrie. She she's an incredible gospel singer. She just dropped a single t- t- today. Oh, okay. Y'all, y'all follow her. Go get that. She's got a powerful voice. I I tell you not if you don't hit the Holy Ghost wing. I no. swear, like you know. <laughs> and now, but now, but and all honestly and all sincerity, her voice is incredible. Um, and she she's just an, uh, as far as an angel, her voice is angelic. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'll never steal you wrong. Um. <laughs> Uh, but and congratulations to you, Carrie, on dropping that single. Um, it's absolutely um, amazing. So, um, so when it comes to growth, right? So we've talked about just kind of just how, um, you know, how shame has affected us, you know, as far as you know mentally, and I find that shame prohibits you from growing too, mm-hmm. um, because it it almost is as if that it makes you feel like you're 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 this big. Right, like you're you're so small, right, and that could prohibit you from actually getting to the next level in your career. Um, it could be in you know business, entrepreneurship, whatever it is of, of the case is, or whatever it is that you want to. Do, even in that relationship that that you have, the shame that that you have from your past or for whatever it is, it could prohibit that relationship from from growing. It could prohibit you from getting that promotion. It, it can prohibit you from opening that business because you said because you feel like you're so inadequate and you feel like you know what I'm not going to be successful I'm not going to be able to 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 do it nobody's going to buy from me nobody's going to want me to speak nobody you know why would they want me to speak to ex to to to, to the masses right yeah. like these are the things that you start telling yourself right mm-hmm. because of the shame that you feel yeah. Um, so it, it's got to be a point where, you know, as far as getting over therapy, there's, I mean, excuse me, getting over shame, um, it's therapy. Um, mm-hmm. That's one of the ways. Um, two, uh, for me, I, I would say uh, I'm always an advocate for, jour- for, for journaling. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, men, yes, men should journal. I journal. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, not everything is feminine. Like, y'all gotta, I'm just, just going to say, <laughs> y'all got to get off the kick. There's nothing wrong with journaling. It's not about sharing your emotions. You gotta get like yeah, that. Right. Because sometimes, as men, you, some men don't like to verbalize certain things, right? So if you don't verbalize, maybe you could jot it down, right? Because as long as it doesn't stay in here, that's the biggest thing. As long as it doesn't stay here and just decay with inside of you, because that's that's what can happen, and that's what will happen. So yeah. So for for me, I would say journaling. Um, Therapy, journaling, getting it out. What else do you think? Um, I just like self care, and self care mm-hmm. is not just you know massages and bubble baths and all of that. But I like a good massage, though. I ain't gonna lie. To I, you. I do. Like I actually scheduled my my massage for tomorrow for my birthday. So there's that. Um, hey. <laughs> um, self care means like taking care of yourself, checking in mm-hmm. with yourself. Doing mm-hmm. things that you like, helping yourself to to grow, like mm-hmm. deciding and or 
or discovering what things that you like to do. I mean, mm-hmm. many of us have just been going and going. We've had a little break because of, you know, COVID and everything. But let's think about what is it that you like to do? What gives you joy? Like, that's where I'm all about. Like, do things that give you joy. If it's, um, you know, being with friends, um, doing car, you know, crafts, um, travel, things like, well, you know, we didn't reason. Um, just making sure that you're taking care of yourself. That's part of self-love and self-care is that doing things and learning who you are and being mm. in touch and in tune with who you are so that you, you're not just going and being a shell of a person, but that you're really taking time to really um, take care of yourself. Mm. So um, it's self, you know, self-care, self-love. Um, and, you know, for me, it's like, you know, um, creating a support uh, system. And as I stated, like, I don't really, I don't really have family, only have my grandmother who's elderly. So I have decided, I decided a couple of years ago that I'm going to create family from my friends. And so because I've been intentional on that, that has been my support. Um, And it's been very helpful because, you know, when you have support, you don't feel alone. Right. So, yeah, that's what I do. I feel, you know, to, if you want to make like, minimize not minimize it but like trivialize it you know to get over shame this is what you do these are steps it's, it's not no, it's ongoing no. process is everything mm-hmm. you're always going to find something that you're dealing with god is always going to help you discover oh you know this is something that you may need to to address and just because god wants you to be whole and healthy mm-hmm. so it's a journey so that's mm-hmm. what i do i'm just constantly just trying just checking in with myself and making uh-huh. sure that I'm, 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 you know, getting better every day. And, and also, like you said, give yourself grace. That's so crazy yeah, yeah. because yeah. I actually was looking at my notes because I actually am writing a book and it's going to be done soon. Terrence, really? I'm, I, I promise everybody on this live. I, hey, listen, I believe it. So I'm good. I'm going to say, I don't think I've ever said this before. Listen, the amount of writing that I've done and the things that I just realized, like I've realized I have to. I must like send it. Oh, I know you got a lot of writing. Oh, I I know you got a lot of writing. (laughs) I've held it because I've dealt with, um, you know, dealt with like being a perfectionist. Yeah, and um, listen, we're uh, we're on the same wave. You gonna have a book coming out. You already know I'm writing. You know, right. you know. So, uh, so you know, we're on the same wave with that. But you know, you know, it's another form of self care. It's cutting people off. Um, you know. Hey, I'm a call spade spade because sometimes because you said keeping the circle right, the circle like keeping the friends right, like because you're in my position where. My friends are my family. I have a very small, like, family, like, and small and whatever, right? But my friends are my family. That's a fact. And at the end, and, and, and I treat them as such, right? So, but also a part of self-care is sometimes the people that's not really for you, you got to let them go. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? There, there are certain people that are, are going to put their expectations on you about what they think you should be doing and, oh, no, you shouldn't be doing that and you should be doing this and you should be doing things the way I need you to do. Not like, some people got to go. Mm-hmm. Like, there's certain people in your life that's not meant for the long haul, that's not meant for the whole journey, that's not meant for the whole picture, that's not meant for you. While you like, you couldn't open that business if, if you kept this, this person close. Mm-hmm. Right, because they would prohibit you from growing, right? So, so we got, and sometimes we've got to stop pretending like cutting people off is not it's not a form of self care because it is. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It absolutely is a form of self care because not everybody is is made to roll with you. Not everybody can make it from A to Z. You know what I'm saying? There might be somebody along the way. You know what I'm saying? That's right in the middle of your journey. That's that's gonna hop on with you. And that's going to propel you to the places that you need to be. But if you got somebody right here with you that's just hiding in the space, they can't. That person that's supposed to be here, and I, I'm not even talking about platonic. I'm, 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 no, I'm not talking about like a relationship. I'm talking about just platonic people. 
you know what I'm saying? Just friends or business people. They could be somebody right now that's, that is supposed to be in your life to bless you, to take you to the next level. But right. you got this person here. Yo, I've been riding with this person since 1995. Yo, they ride with me. And they're not doing nothing for you. Nothing for you. Right. And it's like, yo, at some point, they got to get off the bus. And if they're not really helping you grow, helping you manifest, and, and helping you along the way, and, and it, it's a mutual thing, then they got to get off the bus. And that's yeah. okay. And there's no beef. There's, you know, there's no strife and nothing like that. I love you. But we don't got to be close. Right. Period. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think that we do have to, um, and I think sometimes we're afraid of losing people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I see the quotes, oh, not everybody, you know, is replaceable. Nah, a lot of, a lot of people are replaceable. A lot of people are replaceable. Yeah, stop. You know I, no, no, no! I, I'm keeping it up. I'm keeping it up. I'm keeping. It, I'm, I'm keeping it honest here. There are people you that are, are, are keeping, yeah, replaceable. Are keeping us. Yes, yes. There are people, people that are replaceable. Some people are supposed to be in your life. What some people? What do they say? Some people are supposed to be in your life for a season, for a season. or a lifetime. But there's a third one. See, but here's the thing. Sometimes, like I, I live in New York. We we live in New York. That winter season is a long season. Sometimes you, you gotta cut that person off halfway into winter. Right. You can't last the whole season of winter with me. You know right. what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, those are countless months, countless days, countless seconds that they're taking from you. You're right. taking from me. Right. You're not pouring into me, you're taking from me. Right. But you, you see, that's when that's when it's important that you under, that you realize that you have to love yourself. And if you if you feel ashamed and if you feel mm-hmm. that emotion of shame, you're not going to really love yourself and you're not going to think that you deserve love or you're not going to think that you deserve healthy love. So you're going to be in places or in relationships, either platonic relationships or romantic relationships, where you're going to settle for less. Nobody, mm-hmm. I'm saying any person is less than anyone. I'm just right, saying right, like, right. that person is just not for you or they're not on your side, or they're not going mm-hmm. to help you grow. So if you're feeling like, you know, you don't deserve it, you're not unlovable, you're going to be in those places where you're going to stay in that season of the winter longer than you should. So. And that's a big fact. And and that's what I mean by saying that, you know what I'm saying, just keeping people around for too long is a form, you know what I'm saying, that's a form of, of self-sabotage, if you ask me. Yeah, that's true, yeah. That's you know what true. I'm saying? Because a lot of times for us, we self-sabotage our own success. And you know that a lot of times, like, hey, you know what? This isn't expected of me, so I'm not going to get to this level and I'm not going to get to... Th-. No, like, sometimes we self-sabotage our own success, right? Mm-hmm. By, by keeping the wrong people around. You know what I'm saying? You know, by keeping the wrong family around, by keeping the wrong friends around. And it's because they're familiar. Right, right. It's you know what I'm saying? It's comfortable. And and to me, you know, comfortable is it to me is a cousin of death. You know what I'm saying? Because at some point something is going to die there. Mm-hmm. Whether that be I don't mean physically, but I mean either your dreams, your hopes, your career, mm-hmm. your love life, whatever it is, if you stay in that season of just comfortable, you're never gonna stretch to the mm-hmm. places, you know what I'm saying, that you need to be. And that's what life is about. It's stretching, it's seeing what can you do. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I can't do one push-up today. Maybe I could do 10 in a month because I'm being stretched or whatever the case is, right? My thing is life is about stretching. Life is just about trying new things. You know what I'm saying? Trying to get it right and seeing how far we can go in life. We got one life to live, only one life to live. And a lot of us are going to die with the dreams and the visions that we have all to ourselves. And it never made it out to the world. Yeah. Yeah. People, I mean, that's a shame. That's a shame. And the thing yep. is, it's because they felt shame. And yep. they they die with the shame. They don't feel that, it, you know, there's any place, safe place to talk about what happened to them. And they mm-hmm. die with those secrets. They die with those pains, those traumas, because mm-hmm. they didn't know that they, they didn't have to hold that in. They didn't know that they could get help. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my... I, I was reading, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I published uh, a blog post with a uh, buying publisher. Yes, Shameless talk that talk. talk that talk. Talk that <laughs> um, talk. 
And and I was reading it, and I it was um I think I titled it "Go Heal Thyself," and that's another thing that I mm-hmm. believe God also gave me. Like God had like given me like mark like marching orders, like this this is your theme for for this season of your life. And mm-hmm. other one and one of it of the themes is "Go Heal Thyself." Do whatever you need to do in order to get the healing that you need to get. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. a lot of people. A lot of older people have dealt with so many things that have happened. They've been, you know, sexually assaulted and uh, molestation, mm. things, horrible things that have happened. They've never told anyone and they've held that secret for so long because, and they blame themselves for things that have happened to them. And they've, they're, they're older and they still feeling like how, how they, the age they were when that happened to them. Uh-huh. And we we have the resources now. Mm-hmm. We're in the like information age, right? You Big can just, you can get therapy that you don't even have to leave your house. Like mm-hmm. I'm so grateful to God. Well, I'm in therapy all the time, right? So every week I have my therapist on my laptop, and I'm mm. able to do tele tele um in the television yeah. easy the video because I know that I need that. You know, I know that sometimes they're very stressful, like you said, with everything that I'm, I'm doing right now, I get stressed out. And I know that sometimes I just get a little too anxious and I worry about things. All my friends know Smith. about everything. <laughs> and then it works out. It, and then it works <laughs> out. But I'm learning some tools in order to how to manage the stress. But mm. I'm taking I'm taking advantage of the resources mm. by getting sure. the therapy. Okay, you know, not everyone may have the access to it because insurance, you know, and I'm very grateful that I have a very great job and great insurance. But nowadays, because of everything with COVID, there are free resources for um for for therapy. Uh, mm-hmm. there's talk space, there's what better health. There's a couple of things are free if you're afraid that, you know, about going outside and you know um, contracting COVID, you can do the visit, the video visits, telephonic services. There's services for people to to um, to get the help, to talk it out, talk to somebody. Like I feel mm-hmm. like cognitive behavior therapy, all these types of DBT therapy, talking mm-hmm. to someone helps yes. a lot of people. And if you it need does. medication, you need medication, and there's no shame in that. No, nope. there's no shame in that. Absolutely. So listen, I think this is a perfect place to kind of put a pin in it. Um, we're almost at an hour. Um, and, um, you know, I, I think that we should re I think that, you know, if, if, if the people want it, I think that we should revisit this conversation and maybe a couple other conversations, um, that is important to the community. Um, and, and so, you know, I, first of all, you know, again, uh, for the people that just joined us, um, you know, she's having a birthday Sunday, so please, please follow her on Instagram. You know, birthday gift, follow her on Instagram. If you need a speaker, book her for a, a, a speaking engagement. If you want to interview her, hit hit her DM, um, you know, and ask them to come on your show. Um, she is amazing. Um, she's a mother of two um, and an incredible mother, incredible story. Um, don't Don't ever stop. Don't ever quit because we need more people like you here. We need more women like you here. We need more people who's willing to um to tell their story, um and to change the old narrative to, and to change the old ways, you know. So you know, I just want to give you your flowers while you're here. I Thanks, appreciate Jeremy. you. We honor you. We love you, you here. Uh, yeah, love no, no. You too, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we honor you here, um, because <laughs> it's so important that we do that, um, for our for our people. You know what I'm saying? And and always just remember to, to just give yourself some grace. Yes, I love it. No, 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 um, but um, listen, we got about um a couple seconds left. Tell the people wh- wh- where they can find you again. I am on Instagram as Isha Speaks. I am on Facebook Isha Killian or Isha Speaks, but I post more on Isha Killian Facebook. Thank you That's so much change. for listening, huh? That should change. Yeah, you know, come on over to IG. Start posting over here. People got love for you over here. They got love for you over here. I, I you know, know, but I'm I'm old. Hey, 
Instagram. Um, you know it's oh, hard for you. All right. This show is about to be over. <laughs> Thank um, you, everyone. You were, you were doing so well. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to get over to IG a little bit more often because she needs to be on here. But listen, and thank you. Yeah, and hopefully you'll be able to post this to Facebook because a lot of people uh, wanted to 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 be part of I, the conversation on Facebook too. But thank you I, so much for this opportunity. I really um, love Conversations of the Heart. It's really an impactful you. show. What you're on like seven different places, like Spotify, Pandora. Nah, nah, it's about like twelve places right now. Um, Excuse me. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, you yes. <laughs> Um, no, nah, um, but, um, yeah, I'm, you know, we we'll out here on Spotify, iHeartRadio.com, um, Amazon Music, Pan uh, Pandora, Anchor, um, Apple Podcasts, um, Google Podcasts. I, look, it is where, where, wherever you have a podcast, this is going to be on, it's going to be on YouTube too. It, it, it'll be on Facebook later. Um, you know what I'm saying? Because the word has to get out. Your story has to get out. And, and this is why I created this. Um, because I want people like you to be heard. I want to have unfiltered, raw conversations that it's not scripted and it's not just like, oh, here's the questions I'm going to be asking you and, and we got to read. No, like I want it to be, I want it to be like this. I want it to be real. And that's what you are. That's what this is. So I appreciate you. Happy Mother's Day. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so much. All Thank right. You. So we'll do this again. Okay. Great. I promise. All, All right, right guys. Good. Take care. Happy everyone.